Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the AI Movie Night podcast. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight we'll be discussing the absolute classic that is The Shawshank Redemption. I'm very lucky to be joined by two great guests to discuss this film. I'm joined by Nina Carza, host of the excellent Nina Carza Show. How are you, Nina? I'm very good. It's uh, excellent to be your first returning guest. Oh, it's good to have you back. Really enjoyed it last time, so thanks for joining me again. As did I. So, listeners, you need to be on your guard. This might take six hours. (laughs) And the rest. (laughs) Cheers, Nina. I'm also joined by Rory Greenfield, who writes for LFC Fans Corner, and you've you've got to check out his articles. He's a brilliant writer, and he's just a very intelligent guy. How are you, Rory? I'm very well, thanks, mate. Thanks for the introduction. It's very kind. It's very true, mate. Very true. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) As it's such a rich film with so many things to cover, I'm going to dive straight into it, really, just because there's so much to cover, as I say. So the first thing I'm going to touch on, really, is obviously Shawshank initially did quite badly at the box office, but it's now grown to be arguably, you know, some would say the most loved film in the world. Why do you think that is, Rory? It was a bit of a slow burner, and it's, I still don't quite understand it because it was nominated for, I think it didn't win any Oscars, but it was up for six or seven. I read today or yesterday that it was the, the most rented film of all time. So compared to being at the cinema when I don't think anyone turned up for it, and then it's just grown and grown, it is, it is a classic kind of word of mouth film. You know, it's, it was always on telly. And everyone's always kind of talked about it quite fondly. But, yeah, I, I am always surprised. You know, I, I was only 10, I think, when it came out. So I was too young to to have known about it. And I didn't watch it. 
for a long time, but once I watched it once, I watched it probably another 40 times. So it's one of those films. Once you've watched it once, you speak to everyone about it and everyone I know loves it, you know, absolutely adores it. It's it's most people's favourite film or at least in their top three to five films. So it's 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 an absolute classic. Yeah, couldn't agree more on that slow burner thing. It's, you know, I didn't see it when it first came out and like yourself, when I first saw it, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it earlier because it was so good. And, you know, it, it's one of them. Some, sometimes it's just a mystery why certain films don't catch on. I wonder whether part of it is maybe, obviously, I think Morgan Freeman's been very critical of the title. And I suppose it is a title that, you know, it doesn't say an awful lot. And I suppose then if you say, well, it's a prison film, people probably don't want to give the twist away. So it's probably hard to describe. So I think, think that that might have played a part in that what about yourself nina um why do you think it's become so loved by so many well i pretty much agree with what both of you just said there and like for me i don't think i've ever met anyone who's not seen the film and let alone not see the film actually rate the film everyone absolutely loves it and i think the reason being i mean i agree it is a slow burning film and as you know john i'm a big fan of those (laughs) (laughs) definitely Yeah, patience is a virtue. I mean, you know, you just got to give it a little bit of time. I mean, if it took Tim Robbins uh, 20 years to escape prison, I'm sure you can hang fire for like 30 minutes and let the plot sort of deepen and whatnot. But for me, I think it's a really inspirational film and it kind of leaves you feeling really good about yourself and it's quite warm and it's endearing and and you shouldn't feel like that about prisoners. So it really does. You, it it challenges a lot of norms and stereotypes. So again, I just think it's a it's a warm. It's a dark film, but it's it's warm at the same time. And it, again, it's like a safe. It's like a safety blanket because, as Rory said, it's always on on television. And you know, sometimes you, you'll walk into into your house, you'll put the telly on at night, and it could be say an hour in, but you'll still sit down and watch it, and you'll know exactly what's going on because you have seen it, as Rory said, about a good forty times. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's a great point. That I think even this tells you how good it is. I think even Steven Spielberg said if he stumbles across it on cable, he he's got to watch it till the end. It just sucks you in, and I totally agree. And I think as well, what you touched on there is a great point about it being inspirational. It's got them themes that you know resonate with everyone. You know, hope, friendship. In the case of Red, it's got that deep regret, and also with it being that prison and then escape i think it's that serves as a metaphor for a lot of people and their own you know personal prisons what what they're in i think you that was another great point as well though where you said about you know it's obviously a prison film and it's quite dark i think that's partially why at times anyway i think that's partially why it resonates with me i think a lot of what you call maybe feel-good films for me are probably a bit too sugary whereas this i like the fact that it it's got that gritty and it's got obviously I know it's not realism it's not a documentary but it's still got it shows you some of the brutality of prison you know brutality of the the prisoners at times obviously of the guards at times and you know and and obviously that bad things really if you were in prison really bad things would happen to you no matter what so I think the combination of that with the uplifting elements it's for me it strikes that perfect balance really and obviously, it's just got, you know, everything you could list about it. You know, I think I remember Alec Baldwin saying, for a film to be good, it needs so many people to do a good job. But obviously, for a film to be this good, 
it needs everybody to be near perfect. And I think it's got a near perfect cast, near perfect script, cinematography, production design, score, you name it. It's just it's just a, a brilliant film, really. And now I want to look at um, some of the um, some of the, the the key scenes really from the film. And the first one I want to look at, um, which I think is you know extremely memorable, is you know the first introduction to the prison when when Andy arrives. I'm going to start with the Rory on this one, please. It's it's probably one of the most iconic scenes in the film, if not in many films. I think it's a film that's got so many iconic scenes that just resonate, as you said before. Um, but I, I was watching it again recently, and and that scene. It's quite slow up until that point. It's it's only about ten minutes in, but it's it's quite slow, and it's quite obviously it's 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 quite open about what's happened prior to that, and you know, obviously getting arrested and mm-hmm. um, and and without you know fair trial really. But the camaraderie already clicks in, so it's it's they're all gambling over how many cigarettes they're gonna they're gonna you know um, offer up for. For which one of them is going to break first in the, in the first night in the cells, and and it it tells a quite a big story from just one scene that that is the common denominator. Everyone that goes into prison in that era, there's always one person that breaks down on the first night. It doesn't necessarily end up in the fate that the the poor chubby one did in the end in the, in the first scene, but it's it's such a such a kind of open scene and it's and it's it's a misrepresentation you know it's before they've even spoken to them and and that's the way morgan freeman narrates it is he didn't think much of andy at that point you know i can't remember what the precise line is it but it's some kind of tall you know drink of water with a silver spoon shoved up his ass <laughs> or something like that yeah. <laughs> and it's that's what he thinks of him you know, from day one, and it's it's that kind of misconception and preconception, and it's 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 great. It's a really good scene, and it kind of sets everything off from then on, and goes through to obviously they strip down and and get that burning kind of powder shoved all over him, and straight into the cells, and and it's the harsh realities of it. And as you were saying before, it's it's a film which is so joyful. But it's so dark at times, you know. It's and, and you can't really think of many films you come out of quite so positively, despite all those kind of dark scenes. And I suppose it's it's written by Stephen King, who's prominent for his horror and and that kind of writing and, and pretty dark kind of films. So the kind of positive, the positive messages and everything that gets into it is 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 probably as much down to the director and the acting as as anyone else. So yeah, and it's it's a really good scene. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think uh, I think you've summed that up really well there. It, 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 it's an introduction to so many characters really well and in a short space of time. But as you say, an introduction to just how brutal this environment is and, you know, how dangerous it is to be in there. And as you say, with what happened, you know, with them taking bets on who would cry, you know, how cutthroat these people could be, you know, when someone's coming in, you you know, you're not going to get much sympathy off these guys initially. And I think that sort of introduces how harsh that environment is. What about yourself, Nina? Pretty much agree with what both of you just said there. And again, it kind of reminds me of like, like playground bullies as well. You know, like 
it's like the year seven kids start in school and like oh you know it's like the same sort of concept but it is it's it's really brutal and you know the way they kind of put their bets down on who's going to cry first and who's going to break first and the more you watch it the more for me personally you kind of sense that it makes the inmates who have been there for much longer sort of feel more masculine about themselves and it and it's it's sort of like oh um, we we run this place and you know we we have some form of importance in here and you know it's like oh I'm I'm the tough guy and you know these newbies you know they, they don't know what they're in for and it's it's just a brilliant scene it's absolutely brilliant and I just love Andy's whole reaction he is he's probably petrified he's in shock he's been framed for something that he's not done but he's like an ice man and you know and he has to kind of behave like that because he probably thinks i've got to put on this mask because if i show any form of vulnerability these guys are going to eat me for breakfast so it kind of just shows how a how a guy who's so well to do has such a good job and he has to kind of behave in this really like stiff stern manner and just not convey any emotion or speak or anything yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. I think it's, I think the big performance from him is it's being emotionless. It's it's much harder to act than you probably imagine, you know, because he he does play until he settles into the prison life and 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 settles into himself and you know starts to display his personality, which still isn't ever that prominent. It's such uh, you know such a wonderful performance, and it is just a very closed performance he does play a kind of cold character and that that's what they say very much until you know it turns around and and he becomes probably the most popular person in there so it's that's what tim robbins performance of his career by by country mile really so yeah couldn't agree more with you both uh, as you both say it's it's a magnificent performance and he comes in and as you say, he's not given much away. He's not 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 shown much in in the way he comes in, and I love like he's both touched on. You know, we're red. Obviously, Morgan Freeman's character he totally underestimates him because of this. You know, we he has his own preconceptions, as you both said, and he 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 gets the totally totally underestimates him. Doesn't realize how strong this character is underneath and how intelligent. And I think that's to portray that by Tim Robbins to, to come in and portray someone who, as you say, initially comes in and isn't showing a lot at all. And then later on is like, you know, this showing his real intelligence, his strength and his charisma and, you know, becoming essentially a bit of a hero to the fellow inmates when initially he was so underestimated. It's just a, a fantastic performance. Obviously as well, this scene is the first introduction to, Morgan Freeman has read. Um, I'd like to know what you both thought of of his character overall in the film and Morgan Freeman's performance. So I'll just go to you first on this one, Nina. I mean, like, I'm going to say something really bizarre and I hope you get it, but Morgan Freeman, obviously he's he's the top dog and it kind of reminded me of Prisoner Cell Block H and B. Smith. <laughs> I never thought B. Smith would get a shout out on this. I, 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 I'm trying to have some sort of quality on this, Nina, and you're you're referencing B. Smith. Hey, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. Queen B was brilliant. She absolutely was. And again, you know, um, I think we'll all agree he's an absolutely phenomenal actor, just a world class actor. And I think for me, I mean, his character again. Okay, he's you know he's in for. 
murder. He spends the best part of 40 years of his life in prison. And yet um, the inmates really look to him for obviously getting things on the out so he can get the shipments in and stuff. But mm-hmm. although he's a crook and he's a con, you know, he's an inmate, it's so funny because he's actually really principled and he's really respected and he's a man of honour and word. And yet you then you, it's such a contradiction because then you look at the warden who society would see him as prim and proper and perfect. And yet he's the actual crook. So I, I think it's brilliant. And I think for me as well, what really sort of makes Morgan Freeman even more iconic in this film is just his um, his narration throughout the whole film. I just think his, his tone and the way he speaks, he's just always so calm and composed. And it it just it just keeps you as a viewer really mellow. And he keeps you mellow because he is that kind of person. You never ever see him raise his voice. Some fantastic points there, particularly like that contrast between, you know, the guy who could easily be judged. You know, he, he's a convicted murderer. You know, he, he owns up that that's true. You know, compared to this uh, warden who obviously, you know, would be regarded as having a really successful job and you know he he's a man of faith and religion and probably in them these all them things together would make him a really upstanding member of the community but deep down you can see who's the class act out of them too and it's definitely not the warden would you mention the narration as well something i really liked about this film by the way anyone listening has got a wonderful background and it's so interesting the story of how it came to be done and what one of the parts of that was um, essentially the narration obviously if you use a narration in a film it, it can often be criticized and a lot of people frown upon it particularly critics uh, frank darabont who obviously directed and did the screenplay he was he was ready to take the narration out because of that type of thing. And he said he turns on his TV and he, he, he said it was like fate. Goodfellow was on. And obviously Goodfellas has got got a narration through it. And he was like, well, if Martin Scorsese can create, you know, arguably the best film ever and have this narration, you know, why can't we use one? And he said that gave him the inspiration to keep the narration in and thank thank god he did because it was you know it really made you know as nina said it really makes such a such a difference to the film it really adds and enriches it what about yourself rory what what were your thoughts on morgan freeman and the character of red i can't really echo that more than than you've said really but i'll I'll try (laughs) Um, (laughs) on the narration front it is it is his voice that that probably just brings that kind of calm to the whole thing it's it's it is it is the the pivotal part of the film is the narration. Obviously, his voice is so iconic now, but he wasn't, you know, he's obviously acted throughout his career and, you know, I think he's pushing 80 now, Morgan Freeman. So I think at the time he was he was probably in his late 50s. He, you know, he, he wasn't a young actor, but I don't think he'd really, I think he'd done seven a little bit after that. He'd, he'd gone on a bit of a, a flurry of great films after after yeah. his Shawshank role, but before that, I don't think he'd had the most prominent career. So his voice, while iconic now, was probably never quite as iconic then. So, it, you know, it, it is a bold move with narration. As he said, Goodfellas was the, the key. I think he, I read that he watched it every Sunday, the director. Um, oh, every Sunday while he was shooting just to draw inspiration from it and use it properly, which obviously really happened. 
and it is it is a magnificent you know role. He, you know, like you said, you know he he comes across as the honest one. I think at first, you know, there's a lot of bravado in there, and they all make the joke about you know they're all innocent and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And and Andy obviously eventually goes on to saying the same thing when someone comes <laughs> in, and it's just such a, a prominent turning point that he's kind of settled into to life there as such so um and yeah you know morgan freeman's part is is brilliant from start to finish and and you know it is a film that and obviously we'll come on to it but it's a film that's got the right ending you know his role in that is, is obviously really pivotal so he's he's magnificent really that's all i can say yeah couldn't couldn't agree more great points by you both obviously initially red is got this you know totally underestimates Andy when they first come out on the cell block he looks at him contentiously because he's lost in his bet but then eventually these two these two characters who go on to be great great friends meet out on on the yard and uh, I'd like to go first to yourself with that one Nina about that the scene where they first meet again uh, you know he again just to echo the narration it kind of tells you the story as well in itself because mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman then lets you as a viewer um, lets you know that actually Andy didn't really speak to anyone for two months so he was just completely mute so he was the first person he spoke to when he he asked him for um, I think it was a rock hammer or something yeah that's it rock yeah hammer, and um, obviously and, and he, he, he said if, if you mention to anyone that it came from me I'll never do business with you again and you know they had that little conversation he just kind of smiled and you know was all obliging and Again, another thing that I absolutely loved about that was the way Andy was just sort of strolling around in in like in in the courtyard, and he was just like sort of walking around um, at his own pace, and you wouldn't think he was in prison. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and, and as he walked off, and and he said, I, I liked him, I, I liked him a lot, you know. And he was, and he said I was wrong about him, and just having that one conversation with him, and you know, if you think about real life, these two probably would never actually have a conversation, especially you know given their backgrounds and obviously Andy's quite well to do, quite wealthy, quite, uh, I'd say upper middle class. And mm-hmm. obviously um, Red's character is probably more of a working class kind of character. And yet, you know, all stereotypes and pre-misconceptions were completely down because they were both on par and equal. They're both in prison for murder and and that's how they were able to form a friendship. Yeah, that's, I couldn't agree more. Great points there. You know, they've got that instant chemistry. And as you say, if they hadn't been thrown together in this prison environment, you know, they the likely others they would never have met. But but when they have got together, there's something about each of them that resonates with the other and, and forms this connection. And I think that point about them walking around is a really good one. And I think that feeds into what, you know, Red says about how, you know, totally different to any other character in there, and that's partially why he likes them. And, you know, I like the fact that in their conversation, Red straight out says, you know, ice cold killer who thinks of shit doesn't think so. And he says that to him virtually straight away. That That's the other people's perception of them. And I like the fact that Andy and his typical being different than most people, I'd say most people would argue that point. Andy just goes, what do you think? And I, I really enjoyed that. What about yourself, Rory? What were your thoughts on this scene? 
It's it's a great scene. I, again, you know, I've read up a little bit, you know, coming into this. So oh, I read that nine hours it took to film that scene, um, which is quite remarkable. So, I, you know, it, it shows the kind of the, the director's, you know, sees how pivotal that scene was to the film. Um, and he's obviously, he's at the time, he's throwing a baseball um, and they're just playing around in the yard. Apparently Morgan Freeman threw the baseball, you know, back and forth for nine hours, didn't complain once, and then came into um, came into set the next day with his arm in a sling. Oh, my <laughs> Because oh. he he's literally been throwing this ball for nine hours trying to get it perfect. And it is, it is a perfect scene again. You know, it's like Nina said, Andy just... Uh, does he say something about him, you know, look like he's just going for a walk in the park or something? I'm sure there's a line of, of that like nature. That, yeah. And, yeah, and it, it, something along them lines, yeah. And it is true. It just it just seems like he's just kind of meandering around in a park, you know, no no cares in the world. Not that he's in, you know, a high security prison, you know, for the rest <laughs> of his life for murder, you know, and that's why it's, it's kind of so prominent. And, you know, it, it's a hard, you know, Tim Robbins' character, you know, because he plays it so cold at the beginning, he is quite hard to warm to. And when you've got a kind of personality like Morgan Freeman across the way, everyone instantly, you know, goes onto not to his side, but it's it's always kind of deemed that way. You know, it's he's the instantly more likable character. Mm-hmm. And and you know, by the end of it, you know, well, you kind of like him both, but you know, it does it does develop and enhance as you go on. But it's it's a really good, really good kind of opening scene between them. Yeah, some some excellent points there from you both. I think uh, I particularly like that one about Morgan Freeman with the sling. I think that shows you, you know, it, what a, what a pro he is, and you know, talk about suffering for your art. You know, it doesn't get much uh, worse than that ending up in a sling. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I, I doubt the producers were too happy that he put one of the stars in a sling. No, they probably weren't. You know, but I, I'd imagine it, it's one of those films that. I don't know how you know. Obviously, the budget wasn't wasn't huge. I think the script was only bought for five thousand dollars or something like that. You know, the rights to the script. So, you know, I don't think it was a a big budget film. Obviously, it's got mm-hmm. one pretty prominent set to work with. You know, and and the prison must have cost some money and must have been some you know work that went into it. But I think it's all about the the director although cinematography wise it's a really good film you know it, it it's it's you know the narration is so prominent but it's a, it's an easy film to watch you know there's some films it's a smooth film to watch you know it's just produced you know bang on really throughout nothing ever feels rushed or or cut or you know sometimes you feel a film should have more to it or less to it and it just doesn't have that at all that's another great point that I think uh, Frank Darabont himself said, you know, people ask him, he, he said he was so well supported by the studio and obviously that's quite rare, isn't it? Particularly it was only, it was his first major film, you know, I think he'd only done a cable movie before, obviously he'd wrote scripts, but as a director, this was his first major film. And he said, people ask him, are you ever going to release the director's cut? And he says, that is my director's cut. They they let me put everything I wanted into it. Yeah, that's and what makes it so good. It does. It shows, doesn't it? It shows in the film itself. Um, I'm now going to move on to another key scene. It's where Andy is uh, raped and the subsequent fretty faces from, from the sisters. And I'll start with you on this one, please, Rory. It's obviously, it's it's probably the most 
difficult scene in the entire film to watch. Obviously, there's other scenes that are quite dark, but obviously this is, you know, the kind of nature of of what it tells of prison of that time. And, and you know, it, it might not be that adverse to what prisons are like in some parts of the world still now. So it's, 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 it's a heavy scene and it's one that I think as difficult as it is, it, it obviously makes you, you warm to Andy because he, he he's a bit of a fighter in it. You know, he, he, he knows, you know, he always puts up a fight and, and he kind of says that it goes on for years. So it's not just, you know, in the film terms, it's probably what, 10 to 15 minutes, but it, you know, in terms of, in terms of the way it portrays it, it's, it's years of abuse and suffering and, and he comes out the other side. And I mean, he only just comes out the other side, you know, he's, he's beaten probably to within an inch of his life. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a heavy scene, but it, you know, it, it is important to the film. You know, any scene like that in, in, in those kind of films is, it is important, you know, and, and it couldn't be missed out. So I think it just develops the character's role that much more. And then, you know, it, it obviously then changes the mindset of, of the actor, well, of the character and, and, and changes the perspective of everything. And he, once he gets free of that, he decides to kind of, you know, make more use of his time in prison and, and, and then ultimately, obviously, you know, what happens next. So <laughs> Yeah, no, couldn't agree more with, with everything you say there. What about yourself, Nina? What are your thoughts on this scene? It was a real difficult scene to watch, but it had to be included in because these things go on well, you'd assume go on in prison. And I just remember that scene where Morgan Freeman uh, tells him to grow eyes at the back of his head because the sisters have taken a fancy to him. And and I think it's Andy who says, um, I suppose um, it wouldn't help that I tell them that I'm not homosexual. And um, I think Morgan Freeman says something like, neither are they. You'd have to be human to qualify. You, you know, it was just the way he just delivered it. And it again, I agree, it was just so gruesome and brutal to see. I mean, it went on for the best part of two years, solid. And then they kind of backed off him and then obviously they came back. But imagine that for two whole years and they kept showing Andy with like fresh bruises. Sometimes he'd win, sometimes they'd win. And and again, you know, the, the last time where it, it was going to happen, where like Rory said, he got battered to, you know, very into his life and and the 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 lead guy i forget his name the the leader of the sisters um asks him to swallow his lord effectively and he's like i'll bite down on it and you know and then he's like i'll i'll put this knife through you and he goes i'll just clamp my jaw down and you know you'll have to pry it open and all this Mm -hmm. but in that moment for him to be so calm and not look panicked or scared he actually was freaking them out to the point where they just thought, fuck it, we're just going to beat the seven bells out of him. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great point. That it, it actually shows it, it, in that moment, he's so brave and so defiant and determined and so intelligent. He, he uses mm-hmm. his brains and, and his, his verbal dexterity to, to, to put that doubt in, the, in their mouth. Obviously, it resulted in him getting a beating but he knew that was the least that was going to happen anyway. So I think that, again, shows how, how intelligent and how brave Andy is. I also like the fact that, obviously, I don't like them scenes, but but I agree with you both. They need to be in. I like that, as Red says, it's it, prison's no fairy tale world. And I think you then have that constant threat in the background, and I think that's needed, you know, as well as the, the guards to show, you know, although... 
you know, he made some great friends in here and there are some good things as well as losing the freedom, which is massive punishment in itself. They're also facing very real dangers every day and it's no holiday camp by any stretch. I'm now going to move on to probably my favourite scene, to be honest, in the film and one of my favourite scenes in any film, quite frankly, um, the rooftop scene. Uh, I'm going to start with you on this one, please, Nina. It was absolutely great, wasn't it? I mean, oh, they, they sort of, what were they doing to the roof? Were they retiring? Yeah, they were tarring the roof, yeah. That's it, yeah. they were tarring the roof. And, um, they, you know, they were all doing what they were meant to do. And uh, and Andy hears uh, the, the guards talk about something financial related, which is obviously right in his, he's right in his element, he's in his field. And and he he stops working and everyone's like what's wrong with you you crazy look down and carry on doing what you're doing and and he just he just can't help himself because obviously he still he still can't detach himself from his profession outside and he just walks over and he goes mr hadley do you trust your wife oh that's funny you just think the first time you watch it, you just think, "Fucking hell, I can't believe he just said that." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the guy is like, he looks about seven foot tall as well. <laughs> and that says it, and he just grabs him and he goes, "Should I throw you up?" And then he's like, and then he's giving him this sound financial advice whilst he's hanging on the <laughs> end of this very tall building. And he's like, no, no, I can help you. I can do this. I can do X, Y, and Z. I could do it cheaper for you. But in return, all I want is three beers for all my uh, colleagues. And they all laugh. All the all the all the prison guards hurt your colleagues. Get a lot of this guy, and he buys them all beer. And and they're all just sat there, and you know the, the sun's hitting their faces, and they're just enjoying this cold beer. And he doesn't drink because he's been sober for I don't know how long. And uh, again, uh, the, the the narration makes it so beautiful because he's just sat there smiling and uh, Morgan Freeman says something along the lines of, I think he did that just to be normal, like bang your friends a drink at a bar. Yeah, that's a great point. Though. I think you're right. It, 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 was, it was Andy getting his friends this taste of freedom. And I like that, you know, the scene again shows what makes Andy such a great character. You know, his expertise in his role, obviously, to know exactly what what the captain would need to do is bravery, you know, just to speak to this man, particularly about something that could, could essentially get him a beating or, or worse, just to, to speak to him shows his bravery and ultimately his selflessness and compassion for his friends wanting to give them this taste of, of freedom. And, you know, I don't even drink really, but, Whenever I see that, I want a cold lager on a, on a, <laughs> I do, on a, on a hot, hot day on top of a roof. You know what I mean? It, it just makes it look like the best thing ever. And considering it's all prisoners, you know, you know, under, essentially under guard that I would actually want to be there shows, you know, how great he does in giving them because he gives them that freedom. And to me, they're not prisoners anymore. They're a group of friends you know, ha- having a good time. And that's what he's created for these men. You know, they're more than just prisoners. And he knows that. He knows that, you know, they're people still and they deserve humanity. And he another thing, and another Sorry. thing as well, he kind of gained their respect as well. So his um, status within them inmates yeah. kind of went up tenfold because he actually made a request to the guards and asked for beer and he got it for them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the scene, isn't it? That's why they yeah. all turn around and go, 
shit, this guy's just, you know, he's literally stood up to the, the guard that <laughs> killed a man or, or, or regularly does, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And literally almost got thrown off a roof for a few bits, do you know what I mean? It, it's such a prominent, it's such a good scene. It's, it's a wonderful scene. Um, and I think, you know, Nina hit the nail on the head, really. He's still so innocent, you know, he's going up to this guy <laughs> and he brings up the line about, do you trust your wife? I mean, you know, it, it's... It's such, you know, you can't imagine in any other circumstance anyone else doing that. You know, it's, it's right. everyone was so scared of them and, and the guys are there, you know, they're desperate to work outside and they're tarring a bloody roof. It looks horrible work, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he yeah. turns it around to being, you know, the best thing they've probably had in years in that prison. So, yeah, it's respect just goes through the roof and he suddenly be kind of grows into the, the leadership role just using his intelligence again, you know, he's obviously such an intelligent guy and he acts it so intelligently, but it, you know, it, it can't, to work. he earns his, you know, he's earned his stripes, he's earned his respect much harder way than, than the other guys would do. So, yeah, it's it's a really important scene. It's a really good scene. Yeah, great points by you both in, in illustrating how, you know, now they realise, you know, He's a bit special, this guy who's in their midst. That's a really good point, Dan. As you say, as you both say, he earns their respect. The next scene I want to look at is the cell searching scene and the subsequent job in the library. Um, I'll start with you on this one, please, Rory. So, obviously, the cell searching is, you know, it's a, it's a prominent scene because I think it's the first scene he's got with the with the warden. Uh, obviously, bar the, the brief opener where... He lays down the law when they first come into the prison. So, um, and it's it's a kind of it's a kind of test, and it's it's obviously, you know, it's the trial to see if he's you know the warden needs to be in control at all times of everyone and everything, and that's his that's his place in there, and that's his the way the you know actor plays it, and obviously you know it leads to the to the job which you know changes the whole perspective of him in being in there. He he, he becomes you know the warden's bookkeeper. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He's right-hand man. You know, it's 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 like a 
a really odd working relationship, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's obviously ultimately, you know, Andy has ideas which, you know, uh, lead to the most prominent parts of the film from, from that point onwards. So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's obviously pivotal, you know, and, and that's, that's the crucial thing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It's a, uh... It's it's way that that essentially the two two characters who will ultimately clash. It's where they first meet, and it it sets off you know the rest of the film to to towards the end. What about yourself, Nina? What are your thoughts on this scene? Again, it's it's such a good scene. They're all good scenes. This is <laughs> this scene. It's so hard, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the best on. scene. It's the best scene. It's the best scene. And you think <laughs> no, the next one's the best scene. But the first time you watch that, and I'm going to talk about the first time I saw that, I thought oh my God, they're going to find that hammer. They're going to find that little teeny hammer that he's not going to do anything with, but, you know, he's going to get caught here. And he's there, they toss off his cell, they find nothing suspicious except for a bit of um, something to that he uses to shake rocks and stuff, which he has all lined up in his little um, barred-up little window. And, yeah. you know, and he's holding a Bible. And, you know, instantly you, you see the warden's eyes sort of light up because... He thinks this guy is actually well. We know what's in the Bible, but uh, we, we find out much later. But um, he's he he sort of quizzes him on his favorite passages, and he and he's able to quote them. And then the warden quotes one back, and he's able to sort of tell him exactly which part of the Bible it is. So instantly, I think he's taken a bit of a warming to him, and I think he's aware that this guy is of use to him because he's actually he, he's actually very intelligent, and he you know obviously he could give sound financial advice and you know from that meeting I think he it's quite a strange one because Andy actually is very very respected amongst his inmates but I think also a lot of like the guards tend to respect him as well because he is actually really intelligent I mean they probably look at him like he is a murderer but they actually will go up to him and take his advice and they actually do know he's he does know what he's on about he's a very intelligent man and I think the governor was just sort of um the warden should I say was just sort of like feeling him out to see what kind of person he is and then obviously he he goes on does his books and obviously the plot thickens there because uh the, the governor seems to think he's got the upper hand with everything that he's doing um but obviously uh you know everything comes to light much later on <laughs> yeah couldn't couldn't sum it up better than you both have there it's great as well that like you know as you say you've got the warden in there and he's like you know he's got the bible and there's the poster and he comments on both and you know they're both hiding in plain sight and he, he even says salvation lies within and obviously that comes back to haunt him later. Yeah, it, there's so it, many subtle messages in this film it? as well. It's oh. a brilliant, yeah, it, it is, like Nina says, with the Bible lines and the fact he's so confident to just fire it back to him and yeah. then, you know, quote that it's, you know, Luke chapter <laughs> two, whatever. It's it's a brilliant, it's, it's, it is a brilliant scene. And, and like Nina says, it's, it's hard when you're talking about a film like this because... You could literally play by play every scene and and, and and actually discuss it all because it's yeah. it's it's such a prominent film and and like you said you know that scene on the rooftop is one of your favourite scenes in in any film but there's probably a dozen or half sure. a dozen scenes in the film that could probably rank in anyone's favourite scenes because it's just it's it's such a kind of clever thing with with all the character development. And everyone acts it well. I think that's the yeah. big thing. You know, the warden, the warden is exceptional. You, you absolutely <laughs> can't stand the guy. You know, it's and that's the thing. I, I love 
films where the the main protagonist or the main bad guy, whatever you want to call it, you know, you actually hate them. Do you know what I mean? Because of how well they play the part. So I think the guy, and I think he plays that kind of role in a lot of films he's done (laughs) in his career. But, you know, once you've done it that well, you know, you are known, you'll always get parts. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great character. and, 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 you know, it's, it's such an important scene that then sets up the rest of the film. And, you know, that's the crucial thing. He starts doing the books of all the, the players when they come and have baseball games from different <laughs> prisons. And and then he just starts to gain some control. And like Nina says, you know, a lot of respect from the other um, other prison guards. You know, he's he's handed the the keys to the one of the key rooms, isn't he, when he, he plays the the song over the tannoy and locks the guy in the toilet. And that's because of trust, you know, he's, he's gained that level of trust, which, you know, no one else in that, that prison, the way it portrays it would have, they wouldn't trust him with anything. You know, they see him as a respectable figure and probably less like an inmate come a certain point. They probably see him as a worker of the prison. So it's, it's, it's a big, yeah, it's an important scene that sets up for that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Some great points there about that change and dynamic in his relationships with the guards, as you say. He's now almost a he's almost a worker in the prison now to, to some extent. And you know, that just shows how how well he's done using his you know, his own natural resources to get to that point. I'm now gonna move on to another, you know, powerful part of this film, you know, very sad part of the film, you know. I think it tells you how famous this scene is that the other week someone just tweeted out on Twitter, Brooks with exclamation marks and I instantly knew what it was about just that surname it's uh, obviously Brooks's panic and then his life outside and ultimately his suicide and I'll, I'll start with yourself on this please Rory. Yeah, Brooks is Brooks is a pivotal character because he's a lifer, he's, he's the, the oldest member in there I think and he's he's the ultimate kind of you know, what do they call him institutionalized? Yeah. Obviously the scene when he finds out he's getting out all kicks off. And he who does he t- he takes the guy by knife point, doesn't he? Because he just yeah. doesn't know how he doesn't know how to live his life on the outside. I think I don't know what era it got to by the time he was released. It was probably still the sixties. Did it get to the sixties? Yeah, fifties um, or sixties, yeah. Yeah, and I think it implied that he'd been in there obviously all his life so he'd gone in you know when the scene when he when he's released he's he's literally released into a world he doesn't know he's you know he's been inside the same walls for for all his life practically and he he obviously gets a job working in a bagging shopping in a in a in a supermarket and you know living this life in a kind of halfway house and he just doesn't know how to cope with his his existence you know it's it's not what he knows he he, he you know, he doesn't know that life. So it's it's very prominent and obviously ultimately his 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 death is really poignant and, and they and I think they do they hear about it from the inside, he sends a letter, doesn't he? Um, yeah. to them and they, they, they instantly know. Um and it, it, it obviously puts such a shift in the film to the point where, you know, I think they all realise that they're either going to stay in or they're going to make a move and, and get out of the prison wherever they can. And it, it, you know, it spurs red, red on to, to, you know, give his famous line in front of the, the parole committee and, and eventually get his release. And 
Yeah, it's it's he's a he's a prominent character and he's a very very likable character. I mean, everyone respects him and loves him in there. And he's got his pet crow, which is about as random <laughs> as you get. But you know, that's that's just a sign. You know, it's another sign that he's he's been there and it's his. You know, that's his existence. He's made a life for himself in there, and he, he knows his role as the librarian. And he, you know, and he it's 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 a great character. It's a great scene. Well, all his scenes are great, and and obviously, ultimately, it's it's pretty hard to watch at the end um when he eventually comes to it but it, it you know it makes part of the film it, it you know it sums up what their life's like in there and and that they don't really know how to to operate on the outside or at least you, you know, expect they don't anyway mm-hmm. no great points it's uh it, it essentially i suppose it highlights that battle that's going on it's it's that battle between you know Hope, which obviously Andy is all for, despite what he's suffering, you know, he strongly believes in hope and, you know, that things can change in the future. And whereas you've got Red, who obviously has had these multiple knockbacks in his life, these parole continually getting turned down when he's clearly rehabilitated and, you know, he's got this deep regret about the mistake he made when he was younger. And I think this shows you, you know, the consequences of that taken to its ultimate conclusion, you know, is someone could choose to end their life. And it, it's so, so sad to see this, this man who's clearly a great guy. He's, you know, you know, runs the library for so many years and is just a, 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 a very nice man. And he just can't cope. He, he's, he's not only has he had his freedom took away, but he's now released as, as you made a great point, Rory. He's out of time. It's a totally different world. You know, there's cars everywhere. And I think previously he said he'd only seen one once and now they're everywhere and everything's moving so fast. And it's just so, so sad to see what happens to him. What about yourself, Nina? What are your thoughts on this scene? You know what? It's one of them scenes that till this day really upsets me. Mm-hmm. And it really does. It's it's such an emotional scene because obviously you get you know when when he holds one of the one of his friends at at knife point and he's a lovely guy and you wouldn't you know it was so out of character for him to do that because bearing in mind he's you know he's 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 an elderly gentleman he's you know a lovely intelligent man again and you know he's been working at the library but then you know when you kind of look at it on the flip side he spent the best part of 50 years in prison you know the world outside had completely changed for him I mean just that little scene of him on the bus when he's holding on to the front seat for his dear life and he looks absolutely petrified and it's the non-verbal acting and he looks absolutely Mm -hmm. scared and when you actually look at his life outside and he's he's got no friends he goes to work and he's got arthritis in both of his hands and he's struggling to bag up you know in in the grocery store and he's really slow and he's in a halfway house you know it's it's it looks cold it looks dirty you know he's got no one to speak to and and then when you think about it he's he spent the best part of 50 years of his life in prison so he's he's in his 70s he's got no family he's got no children uh he's got no friends and it, it 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 just again it shows another facet to you know what these people who spend a lifetime sentence in prison and what they have to deal with when they come outside because the, the one thing that they wanted the whole time was their freedom and this guy got it and he really didn't want it yeah 
No. Yeah, that's the thing. He gets offered his lifeline, doesn't he? You know, the, the ticket that they all want out of there. And he doesn't want it. You know, he, he doesn't know. It, it scares the shit out of him. You know, he doesn't know how to live on the outside. And and ultimately, you know, it shows because he, he doesn't know. He, he doesn't have any family. He doesn't have anyone on the outside. And he had a role on the inside. You know, he, he obviously was quite quiet, kept himself to himself. But he delivered all the books, didn't he, around the cells and... Mm. Um, and he's, you know, like you said, he's he's a, he's a lovely character, and 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 he's obviously again well read, maybe a little bit more well respected. You know, he, he's like a part of the furniture in the prison, so the guards don't give him any kind of grief, and he's he's just seen as a kind of gentle, gentle man. So it's, it, yeah, it it is shocking, and and you know, it does it does change the dynamics again in the film because Red's obviously, you know. Andy knows what the outside like. He's it's obviously twenty years on, you know, by the time he, he eventually escapes, but he still can see it a little bit more. I think Red was in from about eighteen and again was in for such a prominent amount of time that he he's kind of veering towards I know you're gonna talk about it, but um, you know, the famous the line. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. And that's the thing, you know, he he has to come to that conclusion that actually now I do want to make a life for myself. You know, I've still got enough left in the tank and I've got enough left to to go out and, you know, and and try and, you know, redeem my life a little bit and try and leave some part of it outside the prison. So, um, yeah, it's it's an important thing and it's the only thing that really leads up to Andy See raising his voice, do you know what I mean? I think he, him and Red have a bit of a row, don't they, outside the prison, and it's the only time when you kind of see Andy display any kind of real emotion that he wants out. You know, he he doesn't want his life in prison. You know, and 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 Red kind of is is veering towards the, I don't know what life's like on the outside. You know, and it, it is it is really prominent. He's a he's not he's not in the film that much, Brooks. He's probably only in. A handful of scenes but you know it's such a prominent part of the film and, and the whole poignancy of it it's it's yeah it's an important important thing yeah great points it's so well done considering he's probably i haven't calculated but i assume it's about 10 minutes in total he's in the film maybe a bit longer yeah and we're all talking like almost like we know this guy because it's so well done by the script the director and obviously the actor you do feel like you know him, and you know you, you do empathise with him, and you know it's so powerful because it's done so well, even with such limited time, it has a real impact. And clearly, we 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 all we all felt that impact watching it. I'm now going to look at another iconic scene. There's so many, as you both said, <laughs> they're all iconic. But this 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 one is one of the most famous, arguably. And I'm going to start with Rory because you touched on it before, Rory. It's obviously yeah. that famous scene where he and he you know he's just received these books and these records and you know as you say the guy goes to the toilet and then andy plays mozart for the whole prison yeah i i got a, a good story on this one um shawshank as we said is it's a prominent film just you know for everyone and it's it's obviously not just american british you know it's it's people from everywhere i think everyone resonates with the film and i was in i was in i was traveling many years ago but i was in a hostel in rio when shawshank oh, was yeah. on um in, in in british and there was a german guy there really friendly guy and germans commonly watch films dubbed so 
he, he obviously gets all the script, but he says he likes to watch films in English because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a real actor, it's a real character. Obviously, someone like Morgan Freeman's voice, I can't imagine dubs particularly well <laughs> into any language. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I can't imagine a German Morgan Freeman. But, Could you imagine? Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a scene and, and the, the prison guard says i'm going to pinch a loaf um and this german guy turns to me and goes i understand the whole film and i can understand it in english but what does he mean when he says he's off to pinch a loaf (laughs) (laughs) i just absolutely loved it because it's it's probably the one line in the film that i had to explain to this guy in in no uncertain terms that he's off to take a shit you know it's just really funny um and obviously it's that moment you know where andy's is again living his outside world. You know, he, he's, you know, none of the guys in there you would imagine are Mozart fans. Um, his, his mate, who's, who's the kind of joker, absolutely loves some horrific country music, doesn't he? That he <laughs> he's, addicted, yeah, he's addicted to some horrific country music throughout the film and he sings terribly along Apologies, with it. Um, apologies. I'm distancing the pod from Rory's comments. If there's any angry country fans out there, <laughs> direct your abuse to Rory I'm, on I'm Twitter. Just, it's just Hank Williams. Uh, you know, maybe maybe every other country artist is brilliant, <laughs> but it's not my particular scene. But he, he you know... They're all probably not fans of, of Mozart. It's like Nina said, he's deemed as being a kind of middle, upper-class gentleman, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he's playing extremely prominent music and he blasts it out. It's his first rebellious moment in the film. You know, he's it's the first time he, he wants to do something to, I don't know, change perceptions in there a little bit, just give everyone a, a feeling of you know, music, because they wouldn't have heard, yeah. you know, up until that point, they wouldn't have heard anything other. You know, prisons now are obviously all, you know, TV and, you know, it, it's it's a very different field, you know what I mean, to what a prison was yeah. like in the, in the 40s, 50s. Um, and at that point when he's, he's blasting out, you know, this music over the tannoy, it just instantly stops everyone. And, you know, he locks the doors and, you know, barricades himself in. And I don't know how long he spends in there. You know, the cells on his own afterwards. Is it a month, or is, is that something else? Is that something like that? Film? Yeah, it's 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 obviously pretty prominent, and, and you know, it, it's it's Andy rebelling against the fact he's he's finally been wrongly done. You know, he's he's finally realizing actually now I've been patiently kind of doing this, taking all this horrible you know behavior for years and years, and actually now he's decided that. He just wants to be human again. For you know, he wants he wants his freedom, so he wants to be out of there. Yeah, no, good. summed up really well there. You know, he, as you say, he's rebelling and he's taking this opportunity to bring freedom into all all the prisoners' lives because he's he's the one person who clearly carries, as he said, he carries this hope and this freedom and desire for freedom within him, and he realizes, you know. Not everyone has that, or or not everyone has in the same way he does, and he wants to communicate that to others. And again, it shows his humanity and his his love for his fellow man, essentially. And you know, he's taken this big risk to help the others in there to give them a taste of of something beautiful. And as you said, I think it's great that you know probably most of them were most our fans. <laughs> but they were all, you know, if not, yeah, all, let's be honest, they probably all of them aren't. But the, 
they were mesmerised by this music and every one of them stopped to listen to this thing they've been missing out on. And, you know, it's just a, a great, great scene. What about yourself, Nina? What were your thoughts? It was just a really iconic scene yet again, wasn't it? And I think, the, again, I, I completely agree with Rory in the sense that, you know, he just wanted to rebel. And, you know, he just wanted to give, again, his inmates another treat, music, you know, something that we take for granted, you know, something that we have every single day. But like like uh, Rory and yourself just touched on there, that prisons are like a holiday camp these days in comparison to they were actual prisoners. They had no concept of what was going on outside or anything they were in and they were there to be punished and you know all these luxuries were not accessible to them so you know and like you said they probably weren't Mozart fans but everyone just stood still and was just in awe of what they were listening to and they all looked at peace and you know there was like you know smiles on faces and just it was just it was a beautiful scene and he knew he was going to get into a lot of shit for that. <laughs> yeah, he, he knew exactly what he what was coming his way, and he just it was worth uh, it for him, wasn't it? it I think it the, the line when he comes out, he says, "You know, I had it all the music in my head the whole yeah. entire time, and it was worth it." They can't take that away, and they can't take that away. And I think Brilliant. that is something that you always remember the more you watch it in the film that it was more about dignity and pride and things that they that, that the guards and the warden couldn't take away from him. Him and what was in his head and his thoughts and his sanity that nobody could touch or compromise because they were all his and hope you know something that he banged on about throughout the whole film kept him sane yeah, yeah. kept him sane exactly exactly yeah no summed up perfectly by you both there um, i'm just gonna now obviously move on to towards the, the film's uh, finale essentially the end of the film um, Obviously, Andy from this point goes on a goes into solitary. Then he comes out and he he finds out from Tommy who's killed his wife, and then he tells the governor. And obviously, there's this back and forth with the governor that ends up with the governor sending him back to solitary again. During this time, obviously, essentially because the governor knows Tommy was the one who told him, the governor has Tommy killed. And as well as this, he's had the roller coaster of hearing that Tommy had passed his exams and now he hears Tommy's killed also. And obviously all this has such a great impact on Andy. I'd like to start with you on this, Rory. Obviously, he goes through an awful lot in a short space of time here and it, you know, it must take such a toll on him, mustn't it? Yeah, and Tommy was a bit of a, uh, it's a good curveball for the film because he was, he was a bright spark, you know, he came in as a character and they all loved him. And obviously that was in the 60s and he, he had his Elvis haircut and <laughs> he had that style about him and it was kind of a bit of a taste of, of the outside and maybe what had changed. And yeah, he was, he was a great, it was obviously again, brief kind of character, you know, brief cameo as such. <laughs> He's only in the film for a brief moment of time that Andy... Andy loves him essentially, you know, we, and they all love him. He's, he's such yeah. a likable character, instantly like. And it's it's hard, yeah. Andy, the, the famous line about you know the warden being obtuse, um, <laughs> uh, it's it's such a prominent scene. You know, he's he, he feels like you know why wouldn't the warden want me to? You know, he he still has that innocence about him in a sense that you know he he's been cooking his books for 
10 years do you know what I mean he's he's yeah. been he, he's been skimming off the top and making the ward and all these all this money and he's got all the all the documentation and you know he, he wouldn't want him out of there you know but Andy doesn't understand that he, he just sees it again as you know I need my freedom you're robbing me of my one chance you know this guy's giving you the name of the person and yeah it's it's a tough scene to go through you know the whole that whole period of the film is you kind of seen him hitting rock bottom because from an outside perspective, well, the first time you watch it, you obviously don't know if you've obviously not been exposed to it. You may well have been, but that he breaks out. You know, we, sure. you don't know at that point that he is, he is. You know, you think he's there for life, and then his one lifeline's taken away from him, and he'll never escape. So it's 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 a really it's a really poignant kind of part of the film again um but um, but it does you know and it plays out to to the end of the film and and it you know plays out to the the scene with red and obviously you know obviously ultimately onto his escape which is which is the the biggest scene in the film really yeah and uh what about yourself Dean? and obviously with the uh, rory to rory taking us to that point to uh, obviously the the escape itself Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to, you know, the guy, I, I know, um, Joe, you appreciate these quirky little things, but the mm-hmm. lad that played Tommy Williams, he was actually an Ali McBeal, uh, an older, an older version, obviously, and he played someone called Bill. So, oh, the, yeah, I knew, so I, I knew I, his face from somewhere, but I didn't know yeah. what from. Ali McBeal, yes, it was Ali McBeal. I watched <laughs> some terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Yeah, I mean, you know, the escape scene, I mean, it is the scene, and for me, it's as iconic as the the ending of Usual Suspects. It, you know, it's just the way he he masters this plan, and it took the best part of maybe twenty years, and obviously he handled the books for ten years. But the way he the way he went about, and you know, at night, and they all thought that he's going to kill himself because he's speaking in riddles, and he asked for rope, and he he told Red that you know go by that tree, um, was it in Buxton or something? And there's going to be like under a rock, there's going to be something waiting for you, and I want you to take it if you ever get out, and. He, he looks so unhinged. And when the first time you watch it, even you feel quite uneasy watching him because you think, you think this guy's going to do something. It's the first time you see him truly rattled and really agitated. Yeah. And he, he was less agitated when his wife was actually murdered, which is really, really strange. Like this really got under his skin. His, like Rory said, his last chance to escape, I mean, to leave prison and it was taken from him. The rug pulled under his feet. And then, just the escape, the way, I mean, again, just the, 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 the narration to it, you know, and even the scenes where he was swimming through shit <laughs> and, you know, the way he, he took all the important paperwork, it was just so brilliantly executed. It was just yeah. down to a T. He knew exactly what he needed to take with him and the way he escaped, it was just, and I think it's so iconic as well in, in the sense that he outsmarted the guards and when they went into his cell and he wasn't there and they had no idea. And I think everyone thought he'd hung himself when, obviously, when they all get out for um, for morning and he didn't leave his cell. And, you know, Morgan Freeman said it was the longest night of my life. And it was it was thunderstorm and everything. It really, really, um, really does set the scene for what the inmates think he's going to kill himself. And it's the perfect sort of um, weather for him because he's able to escape without anyone even knowing or hearing him. Yeah, great. Summed up perfectly there. What about yourself, Rory? Obviously, if you can take us from the escape and then to the subsequent, um, essentially, Red's 
getting parole and ultimately the end of the film, Red making that journey to, to meet Andy. Yeah, exactly. I, I briefly, briefly comment on the on the shoes because he obviously <laughs> he obviously steals the, the he shines up the uh, <laughs> the governor's right. shoes and and walks through the prison and, and no one looks at his feet. You know, it's 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 such a prominent thing because Red obviously comments on it and it does feel like when you're watching it, it does feel like the longest night. It's probably what thirty seconds a minute and you're there. Just on tenterhooks, I'm going through the prisons, uh, you know, the cells opening. And, you know, I think even if you probably knew the outcome, most people probably still fear that he'd probably yeah. hung himself. You know, I think even if you knew the actual outcome of the film, it's such a... That well done, oh, isn't it? Yeah, it is that well done. And, and you know, and they're so baffled by it. And like Nina said, he, you know, crawls through, what, half a mile of... of you know, shit to, you know, to his freedom. It's it's the ultimate kind of ending to it. And he, you know, and then he does it in such, you know, he, he turns up the next morning, you know, in a bank and, and, and takes the lot. You know, he's, he's he knew what he was going to do, you know, that, you know, not for obviously the whole time, but he's obviously been planning his escape since day one he got in there. You know, I don't know, you know, obviously the, 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 you know, the idea that Tommy brought his actual freedom and he'd be proved an innocent man was probably more what he wanted. But, it, you know, as it came to it, he had to do what he had to do. And, and he, he got out of there and, you know, ultimately led to, you know, the the, the great ending of the film that it was. Wrote the, the letter with the, the copy of the, the book and all the all the dodgy goings on for the the whole time he'd, he'd been cooking the books um, through to press and they obviously, you know, changed the whole outcome of the of the film. You know, the warden looks like he's going to go down fighting, you know, pulls out the gun and, you know, ends up killing himself. And, you know, the other, the other guards and, uh, you know, all go down, you know, for the same crimes that they've been committing. It's, it's like we said throughout the film, he's, he's the innocent man, you know, and, and, until, Tommy came along. He didn't know that. You know, that's the big thing with the film. You, you, you know, he comes across as guilty, and he might act. You know, he doesn't act like he's not guilty throughout the whole film until you realise he's not. You know, and that's why it's it's such a clever film, and and obviously it leads to probably you know the most satisfying ending you could ever hope for. You know, it's Red deciding that he he actually wants to get out, and you know when he realises Andy's escaped. You know, he, he wants to see freedom himself. You know, he wants to, you know, live his life. And, and, you know, the two characters, you know, when they obviously put nominations towards things, you know, you always got a best actor and a supporting actor, actress, you know, supporting actress. And, mm-hmm. and they're both lead actors in it. You know, there's not one, you know, neither of them you could say were the lead and, and, and the support. It's, they're both so important to the script and to the story and, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest that the last scene when they meet on the beach, you know, gets me every time. You know, it's yeah. it's ultimately a story about friendship and um, and they, they have, you know, formed the most ultimate friendship. It's like the male equivalent of Thelma and Louise without the dying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you, you've summed that up perfectly there, uh, It's been a long time since I've watched Thelma and Louise, so I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes me want to watch it now if it's anything like this. So uh, no, I'll, I'll have to give that another watch. What we, you saying about um, the friendship? You're right. It's this beautiful friendship that started in in such a horrible place with such brutality around them, 
and started on shaky ground. You know, initially, you know, Red had this bad impression of of Andy from the outset, but they ended up becoming the greatest of friends. And essentially, Andy saves his life by by making him do this promise when he'd maybe given up hope. Andy made him do this promise and gave him that little bit of hope that would get him to to essentially his salvation and his his ultimate redemption from you know his past that he regrets so dearly. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. And as you say, it's just it's it's so powerful that moment when they meet. What about yourself, Nina? And obviously, I know it, it clearly resonates with you. What are your thoughts on that moment where they finally meet together? Again, I just echo everything what you just said. It is so beautiful, and it is the fitting ending. And you know, nothing less would make this film like you know it couldn't have been a a a sad ending one of them couldn't die because I think you would have lost so much of the film I think it that's and it kind of again the 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 undertone narrative of the whole film is hope and belief and you know um determination and you know 20 years of hard graft of trying to escape that prison and patience is a virtue and it took time but they finally you know were able to meet on the outside and you know as they just embrace each other for a hug and then they go to the end credits it's just and the great thing is you you actually don't see them close up it is a panned out angle so you're seeing them from like a bit of a bird's eye view and you actually don't see them speak or anything all you see is just like a warm embrace of a hug and it is the epitome of friendship like that is the friendship that you you know that that guy's his best friend for life now you, you, do you know what i mean it that is that and the funny thing is he met him in prison and i just think it's it's beautiful I think um, I think that that sums it up perfectly from you both there, and I think that's the the perfect place to end. I'm sure we could both talk all night. I, I would love to, but <laughs> I think Gags would have something to say. So he I'd probably like would, <laughs> definitely <laughs> wouldn't he? Uh, I'd just like to say um, thanks very much to you both for coming on. I've really enjoyed chatting to you both. Um, I've learned a lot, and I've just had a great fun. And thanks to thanks, everybody. Man, it's a pleasure. Who's oh, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listened as well. And where can people find more of your work? People, I'll start with yourself, please, Rory. I, I do dabble in a bit of writing. I've taken it a little bit more seriously and trying to do it a little bit more. So I am on LFC Fans Corner, but I'm open to a few more podcasts and stuff like that. So I may come round over Anfield Index a little bit more often now. Look forward to hearing them. And what's your Twitter handle, Rory? It's PapaG84. So. Oh, well, both Rory and Nina are must-follows. Uh, you know, that's beyond doubt. You should be following them. If you're a Liverpool fan and you like a good chat and a good laugh about football, TV, film, they are must-follows. What about yourself, Nina? Well, you know, just hearing Rory say he's open to podcast his music to my ears because now I'm going to monitor him and try getting him on my show. So that, you know. <laughs> I like it. First I like night, it. That's it. Going to port you. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And and if you speak as well as Liverpool as you do the Shawshank Redemption and I've read you <laughs> so you know it's all positives. Um I think we've done well here. Um all my work pretty much is on, on Anfield Index, just um at the moment just doing a lot of edits and luckily it's international week, so 
to be given the honour of being on this podcast uh, and to talk about a film and not football. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> oh, thanks very much for coming on. And uh, I'd just like to say uh, thanks once again to everyone for listening. And if anyone's got any feedback, um, any ideas for future shows or, or, or anything else about film related, please uh, give me a shout on Twitter at Joe Simpson at Wolf underscore tickets LFC. Thank you. Yeah, the funny thing is, on the outside, I was an honest man, straight as an arrow. I had to come to prison to be a crook. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.